Let's talk about how you can build a company with no money up front, no venture capital, no investors, no bank debt, making money in order to make money, doing it from scratch. And this is not a get rich quick scheme. There's nothing sleazy here. There's nothing underhanded. This is a proven formula that I have used time and time again. And not only me, I'm going to give you examples of a lot of other entrepreneurs, a lot of other businesses that we've talked to on this podcast that have done the exact same thing. That's coming up right after this. One thing before we get into it, if you like what you're hearing, if you're getting value out of this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review. Let me know what you think. Now let's get to the show. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. What's up, guys? JD here. And today I'm going to give you my sprint process. Sprint is the proven formula to build a company when you have no money. Look, I started with nothing. I didn't have money. I didn't come from money. I didn't have anybody that wanted to give me any money. I started with no money in my bank account and I built and I built and I built and I did it all with my own capital. And now where I am today, yes, banks will loan me money. Investors will put cash behind me. That's because I have a track record. But if I was starting again from scratch today, I would use the exact same process. I would use the Sprint model. Let's talk about Sprint. I'm going to give you examples of who's done it, how they've done it, and how you can do it too. Okay, S-P-R-I-N-T, Sprint. Let's start with the S. The S stands for service. Every product, anything you're going to build, whether it's a consumer product, maybe it's a technology product, an app, piece of software, anything you're going to build needs to start as a service offering. Now, what do I mean when I say service offering? I'm talking about being able to deliver on the solution that you want to deliver on manually. Do it without anything in the back end. And the truth is, this is how a lot of products are built. So if you think about something like a delivery app, like a DoorDash type app or an Uber Eats type app, what would be the manual analog version of Uber Eats? Well, the manual version is somebody wants to order something. They call me up. I take their order down on a piece of paper. I hop in my car. I go get the food and I bring it to their door. Now, the reality is Uber Eats and and DoorDash and Grubhub, they don't work like that. They're apps, they're products. They have a system that they use, but I would get the same result doing that, right? So that's an example of doing the manual service. Now, let's say you were going to do some kind of accounting software or accounting product. What would be the very manual version of that? Well, the very manual version would be, I'm going to just do your bookkeeping for you, right? And maybe there's a certain way you do it. So the manual version, I'll give you one more example. Let's say you want to create a marketplace connecting buyers and sellers, and you want to have it like eBay style or Airbnb style. So you want to have an actual automated marketplace. What would be the the analog version of doing an Airbnb? Well, you have people call you up who are looking for homes, and then you go ahead and you call the people who own the homes, and you connect them via email or via phone or via text, and, and you take a commission that way. Now, why is this how we start? Two reasons. A, Service businesses are able to get money much quicker. Service businesses are, you pay me money, I do this thing for you, or I do this thing for you, you pay me money. 
They're very easy to pivot and tweak. So before building anything out, investing in anything, you're able to provide a service to get a certain outcome and then decide, was that the outcome I wanted? Is that the best way to deliver it? No, let's change it. Let's do this. Let's do that. So services can be pivoted and tweaked and you can learn a lot very quickly. And so between the money that you make fast and the things that you learn very quickly, it's really, really a better approach when you start. I did this. So when I was going to build a technology product to connect influencers, before I ever connected influencers with technology, I connected influencers with brands manually, right? Like a talent agency is essentially the analog version of a marketplace, which can be automated and scaled and and done through that. So service is number one. That's the S in Sprint. Number two, profit. Okay, when you have a service that you're delivering, you will be able to get profits quickly, much quicker than if you had to build anything because providing a service is just you and your time and your hustle. So because you're providing a service, you're able to make a profit. And when you make a profit, you can then live off that money. You can then do other things with that money, grow your business with that money. So there's other things you can do once you have that profit in hand. R, reinvest. So you have profit, you need to actually put that profit back into your company. When I was building a business uh, back five, six years ago, and I used this exact process, and I had a bit of money, but I still used Sprint. I made sure that the money that I was making through the delivery of my service was able to fund via its profits, the reinvestment. So even if you have money, See if you can do this as a challenge or see if you can put a minimal amount of money in and have the service, fund the profit, fund the reinvestment. So the reinvestment is going to go into things like figuring out how to take your service to the next level. Maybe you're going to hire employees, hire an assistant, put off the administration, hire the operations piece. So one thing that you can do as you're going from service to profit to reinvestment is maybe you say, okay, I'm going to focus on the sales or the marketing and I'm going to have the operations. The practitioner is going to be somebody else. So a good way to think about this is let's say your service business is an agency, a design agency, and you eventually want to have an app that does design, but you're starting with a service business where you're going to do graphic design yourself. Then you have some profits, then you reinvest And maybe you reinvest into other graphic designers who can do the graphic design work, take that off your plate, so you can focus more on marketing, sales, and growth. So you're going to reinvest into other things that make your job easier from a growth perspective. Okay, let's get to the I. I is innovate. So now we're really at the point in the process where we can start to build the thing that we had envisioned in the first place. So again, we're starting off with a grand vision, but we don't have any money. Nobody wants to give us capital. No bank will lend to us. So we've done a service. We've made a profit. We've reinvested that profit. And now we're at the point of innovation. Now we're going to innovate. So in that example where you want to build the next Airbnb, when you've done the manual version, now you have some cash, you can hire developers, you can hire designers, you can actually start doing that work of innovation, of research and development, and getting that next version off the ground. Now we're at the end of Sprint. Now this is a really, really important step, so pay close attention. And if you have to rewind, you can do that. Let me spell this out for you. You're going to run nanotests, nanotests or nano experiments. 
Now, you guys have probably heard the term MVP, minimum viable product. I like to use the term MVC, minimum viable concept. But what we're doing here is we're putting together the smallest version of a test that will tell us through qualitative and quantitative data if what we're doing makes sense. So I'm going to give you an example. I'll give you two examples, actually. I'll start off with the MVP, and then I'll go to the MVC, which is my personal favorite. The MVP version, the minimum viable product, is if I'm developing an app, I will develop a single function app, a single purpose app. Let's just go back to my graphic design example. Let's say my, my grand vision is to develop the next Canva, right? I'm going to go up against Canva. I'm going to build like the next version of Photoshop, next Canva. This is the next generation of graphic design tools. I might come up with one simple thing. Maybe it's a logo design. Maybe it's a background remover so you can have a transparent background. Maybe it changes the colors and it gives you different color palettes. It does one simple thing. The thing that hooks your users on and lets you figure out what's that hook, what's that moment of delight, what's that differentiation I can offer. But you need to be able to do that through a minimum viable product. Quick break here while I tell you about something really exciting I've been working on called the Business Essentials Kit. Here's the deal. I get asked all the time, John, how do you run your business effectively? What's the best way to build a website? How do I get a branded email? How do I save on legal fees? How do I manage my social media? So what I've done is I put a kit together for you for free. You can download it at johndavids.com with all the tools and services that I use to run my business. Get it right now for free at johndavids.com. Another thing is maybe you don't go for high-end designers and developers. You use tools like Webflow and WordPress and other tools, maybe ironically Canva itself to design the thing. Off-the-shelf, bootstrap-type designs. These are all development terms I'm using. And so you come up with the minimum way to do it, least time, least cost, or the easiest way to get all the signals that you need to tell you if this is working. All you're looking for is signals. You're not looking to launch this and have this be the end-all product. This is just telling you, does this work? Now, I'm going to give you a major hack. It'll save you a ton of money. Listen up. This is the MVC, Minimum Viable Concept. Here's how it works. Let's say you wanted to launch a tooth whitening product, okay? Maybe you're a dentist, you have a dental firm, and you're doing teeth whitening. That's the service you offer. But really, your goal is to develop like the next Crest White Strips. You want to develop some cool teeth whitening product. And maybe your value proposition is that you can get people's teeth 10 shades lighter in a month. I'm just making this all up. You don't have to develop anything. You don't need to have any product. What you do is you create a really nice landing page, okay? And then you create a really nice, well-worded ad. And you run that ad on Facebook and Google. And maybe the ad says something like, get whiter teeth in a month. Only $200 to the whitest teeth. Click here for more. And then people click on that link and they go to your landing page. And once they're on your landing page, it says, hey, product coming soon, enter your email address, we'll put you on the list. And now you can actually get in touch with those people to ask them what it is about the offer that they were so interested in. Have they had teeth whitening before? Would they buy your teeth whitening? What would make them want to buy your teeth whitening? How much would they pay for your teeth whitening? So now you have a focus group. You could actually ask these people who have high intent 
what exactly it is they want. And you didn't have to build anything. You didn't have to spend a dollar developing one piece of tooth whitening technology. You're sampling the market. You're getting demand signals. So that's my version of the minimum viable concept. Is my concept viable, right? If you put that ad out there and nobody wants it, well, there you go. There's your answer. You got to keep moving, keep thinking. Or maybe you put your ad out there and you get way more demand than you thought you were going to get. And maybe people tell you, hey, this price is too low, 200 bucks. I'd pay $2,000. Great. Now you understand your pricing strategy. This changes your unit economics. So there's a whole lot you can do with a minimum viable concept. You don't even need to develop the product. So that's our nano test. So now we've done of the sprint, we've gone to service, profit, reinvest, innovate, and nano test. And now you got your T. Best of all, you take it to market. Now, I want to be very clear about something here. You will need to spend some time on the I and the N, the innovate and nano test, innovate and nano test. That's not supposed to be a one-stop shop. That's not like, oh, innovate, nano test, take to market. No, 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 no. Service, that's going to take a while for you to get your service off the ground. Making a profit and having that profit and being able to reinvest that profit takes time. Innovation takes a lot of time. That might take you months or a couple of years to innovate. And then running nano tests and figuring out and going back and forth and, and all that kind of stuff. And then taking to market, again, you might have to take it to market 10 times because you got to figure out your, the right pricing strategy, promotion strategy, customer acquisition strategy, on and on and on. So this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Ironically, the term is sprint, but it actually is a marathon. Now, I want to cover a couple more things here. Patience is a virtue. So people hear this and they go, oh my goodness, this is great. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. And my service is going to be successful. Listen, you're going to have stumbling blocks every step of the way. Even building a service business, you're going to have to sell your service and you're going to have to fulfill the service. You're going to have to do customer service. You're going to have to do customer success. You're going to have to figure out customer acquisition. So this is not only a quick fix money-making tool. I'm going to go from here to there and I'm going to do it all really quickly. You're going to learn a lot along the way. In addition to being a way to make your money and pave your way, which is exactly what I had to do, you are going to go to business school. This is going to be business school like you could never pay for. You're going to get the street, the school of hard knocks, learning it on the street, figuring out what it's like when a client says no to you, figuring out what it's like when your budget gets cut, figuring out what it's like when you're struggling to make payroll, figuring out what it's like when you've got to pull an all-nighter to get something done before the next day. You know what? And I say that, and you might be dreading it. And if you're dreading that, entrepreneurship isn't for you. Because I hear that kind of stuff, and I'm energized. And I've been at this for many years, and I still love it. I love the game. It's all about the game. If you don't love the game, don't play. That's the sprint method, okay? Let me recap it one more time. You've got a service. The service makes a profit. You reinvest the profit. You innovate, innovate, innovate. You run nano tests and then you take to market. That is the sprint method. Now, who's done this? Where have you seen this before? Where have you heard about this before? Well, if you're a fan of the podcast, and if you're subscribed, then you've heard about it on the podcast. And if you're not subscribed, you better get subscribed right now. So let me go over some stories that sound just like this. 
Episode 49 with Haim Saban, how Haim Saban made $1.5 billion off the Power Rangers. Haim Saban's story before he actually launched the Power Rangers, what happened? Well, he started off in a band, then he became a music manager, then he became a music promoter, then he started to make music for cartoons, and after about two decades, he was able to get the Power Rangers and take the Power Rangers to the top of the, of the TV charts and then eventually sold the company, became a billionaire. Haim Saban used the sprint method. Joe Mimran, episode 45, building a $138 million fashion icon with Joe Mimran. Joe used the sprint method. Before he had Club Monaco, before he had Joe Fresh, two massive fashion brands, and before that even he had Alfred Sung, he had a textile mill, and he just made clothing. He made clothing on demand. Now, you could argue, yes, but there's a textile mill there, so there's some capital expenditure. Yes, there was something there, although he probably could have leased the building and leased the equipment. So I would, I would argue you could do that for little to no money. But again, he started off with a service before launching a big product. Manjeet Minhas, episode 43, How to Build a Beer Empire. Her story is the sprint story to a T. She started off providing a service, branding for alcohol brands. Then she started to do just distribution, promotion, marketing, and design. Then she took one of her clients and bought out their building. Then she figured out manufacturing. Then she figured out distribution. Then she, now she's a beer icon and an absolute, I guess you'd say, beer baroness. And she has this amazing business, but it started off with a sprint. I could go on and on. There are so many examples of entrepreneurs starting and building businesses with sprint. The reality is most people don't get funded. Most people don't raise $20 million in venture capital. Most people aren't able to go to the bank and say, hey, loan me $300,000. I got a great business idea. You have to find ways to get capital for yourself. And doing this, providing a service, and using that service to parlay you into everything else is a great way to do that. The sprint method works. And if you're struggling for capital, this is the way to go. And I don't wanna hear people using money as an excuse because you can get the money and it will teach you everything you need to know about building a business using the sprint method. I want to know what you guys think. Get me at johndavids.com. You can find all my socials there, my email list. You can get me on Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. I want to hear from you. Subscribe to the podcast, and I'll talk to you guys next time.